The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. All right, all right. Welcome to Brothers on Law. I'm Rob Mandel. And I'm Larry Mandel. And we are so happy to be back here with all of you. And uh, Larry, you remember when uh, we were kids. I do remember when we were kids, Rob. I I barely remember that. Uh, It was kind of a traumatic experience for me. Growing up as your little brother, but anyway. Well, you deserved uh, everything you got, but you know what? You're going to talk about bicycles for a moment, right? No, well, I was just going to talk about that and everything else that we would just do. I mean, you'd ride around on your bike with no helmet. Stingray. On your skateboard. Yeah, Yeah, on your stingray, exactly. Your skateboard with no helmet and uh, mini bikes. We had mini bikes. We had uh, dirt bikes. Yeah. And none of us wore helmets. Didn't even think about it. Didn't think about head injuries back then. Boy, has that changed now, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Why do you think that is? Because we need to protect our heads. But why do you think, how do you think we've become more attuned as a society to that? How do you think that's come about? I think it's just evolved over the years where people have had these head traumas and as we have scientists and doctors research it and look into it more they've decided that look this is a problem that we have to somehow figure out a way to provide safety for kids and football players and things of that nature and that's why we've had helmets that have been improved over the years and we got to protect ourselves and we've made kids wear those helmets on the bicycles and it's a good thing because head injury as we've learned as lawyers who uh, focus on brain injury. Traumatic brain injuries. Injury. Yeah. Right, right. Traumatic brain injury. You know, the victims uh, go through a lot and it's very, very serious business. And, you know, you and I, we like to kid around on this show, but what we do and what we do for people is serious stuff. Right. And, and we're very, very fortunate to have with us Two guests. Uh, Two guests today. Today, two guests. Right. And tell us about our guests for a moment, Larry. Well, we have Dr. Daniel France, who is a neurologist, and he's here today to talk about traumatic brain injuries and brain injuries in general and brain disease. That's right. He's a foremost expert in uh, brain uh, traumatic injury and pathology. Right. And who else do we got? We have here today... One of our clients, Ramon Ray Urudia. And Ray, unfortunately, was a victim of a fall where he suffered a brain injury. And he's going to help us talk about that. Yeah, he's, he's been great. He's gracious enough to come down here and help us talk about something very uh, personal per- and, and uh, painful uh, for him. Uh, but it's a good but, story. Um, it's a good story because how Ray has battled through it. Right, We're talk right. about that. But first, uh, let me introduce Dr. Dan or, or uh, Dr. Daniel France. Doctor, uh, tell us just a little bit more about yourself. Sure, thanks and for we- having me. Yes, and welcome. Thank welcome, you. Dr. Dan. Thanks. So I've been uh, very interested in researching and uh, taking care of patients with traumatic brain injury over the past 10 years. Um, I've been very involved with 
looking at some of the mechanisms that cause traumatic brain injury to be so difficult and uh, complicated to treat, as well as looking into new treatments to really help patients overcome those traumatic injuries. And you, uh, you run a clinic uh, that specializes in brain research and whatnot in uh, Santa Monica, do you not? That's correct. What's We're the able name to use- of that, Doc? I'm sorry? What's the name of the clinic? So it's the Los Angeles Brain Science Project. We're using more advanced brain imaging techniques, functional MRI, to better characterize what happens to the brain uh, after a traumatic brain injury and to try to help understand why some patients have, you know, issues with concentration, memory, focus, um, difficulties with the mood, and just general dis- um, difficulty with uh with carrying out all of their life's goals. Yeah, we talked about this. It's kind of evolved. This is kind of new on our agenda as far as the treatment and diagnosis and things like that. I would say in recent years, there's been essentially a sea change. We understand so much more about the brain in general, but especially with traumatic brain injury. I think we have a fundamentally uh, uh, more advanced uh, understanding of what happens and essentially what we can do to help uh, intervene to improve uh, patients' uh, um, symptoms. Hey, before we get too much more into that, I want to say hello to Ray on the air. How you doing, man? Good, good. What's going on, guys? Hello, Ray. Happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Thank you. Ray has a very interesting story. Let's, Let's talk a little bit about your background, Ray. You were a football player. In uh, the Lake Elsinore area, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, cap- pretty much. Uh, and you were a high school football player, and you were also uh, captain of your team. Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah. So, um, I pretty much started playing football at a young age. I think uh, for me, it started when I was around seven years old. Seven years old, all the way up to high school. Um, you know, pretty much just kind of uh, improved, improved my way up, and yeah. And you were like, you were the, a monster, though, on the field, right? You were a beast. I, he was yeah. a force, right? <laughs> yeah. Tell us about that. I, I would like to think so. I guess uh, for someone with my height and stuff like that, I, I really, you know, for me, it was just, uh, I, I never really, like, I guess when I would see people on the field and stuff, like, uh, I guess height or weight really never, never really mattered to me, but it was just uh, something... You know, I guess I had a lot of passion, a lot of heart, and that kind of carried me a long way. So. And that's that still is with you today, Ray. For sure, for sure. Uh, passion and heart. But um, but in that process, of course, you took some hits. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. In the head. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and, and did you have some concussions? I did, I did. I think, uh, I think I've had about two along my journey. I think I had one uh, when I was younger. And then also the, one of the bigger ones I had when I played my junior year of high school. Um, that one was pretty, pretty rough, I guess. It's one of the rougher ones that I had. And, and tell us more about that, can you? With that one, um, it, was, it was really kind of different how it happened. So when I was on the field, I think I was like running the ball at the time. And it wasn't the initial hit. And when you play football, when you play running back, it's all contact, you know, head first. You're definitely trying to run the guy over, you know, that's trying to tackle you. Right. And so with that initial hit, you know, I made contact with the guy at some point. You know, he kind of got underneath me. And, you know, as he's 
started to unload on me, I ended up falling back onto the turf. And so it wasn't the initial hit, the first contact. It was when I hit the floor. So And when your head the, hit the, the yeah. turf or the grass. Yeah, so the back of my head, when it hit the turf, after that, it was pretty lights out yeah. uh, for a minute. So, yeah, that was pretty rough. <laughs> and And before we talk about what you experienced just from that, Dr. Dan, do you mind if we call you Dr. Dan? Please. Okay. It. Yeah. It's Dr. Daniel France, but Dr. Dan. Dan. Dr. Daniel France. <laughs> yes. But Dr. Dan will... works. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what happens to, in, in, in an event like he was just describing? What happens to the brain? Well, I don't think we sometimes give enough consideration to how you know sensitive and fragile the brain is. Compared to other organs in our body, the brain is extremely, you know, it's soft uh, it's very complex. It's uh, how it's structured, and it's very prone to uh, forces. You know, we're it's well protected within a skull, but when we fall down, hit the head, there's often a shock wave that travels throughout uh, the soft tissue of the brain, and that causes, in many cases, a disruption in the you know the way the brain is uh, set up, often leading to some loss of consciousness. It's uh, you know. It's essentially this um, shock wave that travels back and forth. So we call it a coup and contra coup, as as that uh, shock wave bounces, and the and the brain essentially bounces from side to side within the skull. And Doctor Dan, my understanding though is also if you don't actually have the trauma, but your neck, your head moves back and forth like a whiplash, can that also cause without actually an impact to the head, but your let's say you're hit from behind, like we handle rear end type collisions and things like that. Your, your head is rattled still, and does that affect your brain too? Absolutely. It's, you know, very similar to, you know, if someone were to uh, have a bull whip and, and the snap at the end of the whip is essentially what happens uh, with the head. If, if there's a force that goes through the neck, causes a really quick uh, force that travels, and that same kind of shock wave, almost, uh, you know, the same thing that ha- would happen if you were to hit your head on the ground can happen with that kind of whiplash um, uh, going through the through the head like that but how does this um back and forth whipping or you know the coup contra coup that you you were talking about how does that actually damage the brain well so speaking a little bit about how complex the brain is so we've got you know trillions and you know even more connections between the little nerve cells uh, within the brain so that shock wave on a microscopic level causes those connections to essentially dislodge when that happens, uh, the nerve cells themselves are, are damaged and require a period of repair. But for a brief period of time, often those, you know, the brain will essentially stop working. That's when someone um, might experience kind of a jolt of confusion. Or That's the lights out that uh, Ray was talking absolutely, about. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and the prolonged loss of consciousness is, is the brain trying to reset itself after a more, you know, serious uh, trauma from time. And so did Ray... After he played football and he had this uh, injury, he can reset himself, though, you know, even though he's had a trauma to the brain, right? Yeah, I like to I like to tell patients that, you know, essentially humans were all essentially evolved to have head traumas. You know, we're we're essentially top heavy. Our heads are very, you know, heavy, kind of the, the weight of a bowling ball that we're holding up. So it's very common for people to fall down, you know. Children are very prone to falling down as they learn to walk, and throughout our lifetime, it's it's pretty common for us to have, 
you know, to hit our heads, you know, people are clumsy or they, they slip and fall or what have you. With that, we, are, we do have a mechanism to essentially reset and recover. There's a lot of inherent um, kind of healing that can happen within the brain. And we see that. And so often with smaller head traumas, there's a period of time and so that can sometimes be months where there's this recovery where the brain resets these small circuits. But it's, um, I think, what I tell patients, anytime they have, um, they feel a jolt, they feel any kind of confusion, they've suffered some type of a concussion, some type of a head trauma. So, Ray, did you reset after your football? You were in your junior year? I was in my junior year, yeah. And so did you reset what we were talking about? In other words, did you feel well, what, like... What, what happened first, though, before he reset? I mean, what are we resetting? Oh, tell, well, tell us tell us what you experienced. Well, he had so, lights out, but then... What, from what I can remember from, like, my family and, like, what they told me after that, it was actually kind of funny. And my friends, too, on the field, like, they... Like, for me, I was still back in the game. I still was, you know, trying to, you know, figure out what the heck was going on. You were still on. running yeah. the ball? <laughs> yeah, at that point, yeah. But then at, at some point, like, I just remember, like, just not, like, not realizing where I was at. And one of my friends was like, no, we got to get this guy off the field, you know. So after that, like, it took me a minute to kind of remember where I was at, what I was doing. My mom took me to the doctors, got all checked out. So I guess after that, um, I guess you can kind of feel the symptoms. Like when you have something like that, that that happens to you, I guess along the way, you can kind of realize that, oh, the, you know, there's some stuff going on here that doesn't feel normal than, than what's usual, I guess. And what, what, what was that in your case? I think with that one, it was just uh, probably like irritability, probably too, like stuff like that, sensitivity to light, like little things from, from, from what I can remember from that one. It's been a, a while, but um, I guess. And did that go away ultimately? I think it stays with you for, you know, I guess the, the next couple months or whatever. But I think moving forward, it, it eventually kind of goes away. But you never forget what that was like, I guess, right. you know, because when you were going you, through it at the time. Because you played football your senior year too, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, so eventually, yeah, the next year after I got cleared back, went through the whole process with that. I ended up playing my senior senior year as well too. So Without incident? Without any head trauma? Um, no, no. From what I can remember, no. So I'm pretty much just bounced back. And but the, but the, in that case, in for that football concussion, they did a CT of your head, they your did. brain, and it was they read it as normal. Right, right? that's correct. So, but that wasn't the case after you fell. Um, and we can talk about the, this yeah. case that where that Larry and I represented you on rather recently. Th th we just brought it to conclusion this year, right? Was it this year? Right. This, this year. year. Uh, and uh, Ray uh, uh, Dr. Dan was one of our experts on, on the case, our main uh, neurological expert. And um, basically what, what happened... Go ahead. Well, Go ahead and tell um, him uh, or I can have Ray tell what happened, but um, uh, I don't know that Ray remembers. Do you remember what happened? <laughs> I like Ray. it better when you guys tell yeah. it anyways. <laughs> well, Ray well, uh, leaned against a fence. He leaned yeah. against a fence, and on the other side of this fence was a 10-foot drop that no one yeah. could see because the fence was, you couldn't see through it. It had wooden slats through uh, chain link. Yeah. And it, was and it wasn't old, secured. It was, and someone had, had detached this fence from its footings and, and neglected to put it back. And it was on in a parking lot area. And bottom line is, uh, uh, according to the witnesses, you fell headfirst right through this detached fence into this 10-foot uh, 
concrete lined ditch or right. pit, shaft shaft yeah. and and hit your head uh, pretty much on the bottom the back of his head he the, hit back the back of his, of his head. head but the whipping that you were doctor. talking about dr dan was so intense what happened well i mean if we so essentially the the skull hit uh, the ground the brain bounced around and then the frontal lobe the front part of the brain hit the side of the skull causing bruising and bleeding and that frontal part of the brain from my i understand has a lot of important functions right doctor it, essentially everything that makes us who we are is located in, in the frontal lobes and what's often very difficult is other parts of the brain may control things like vision and movement and sensation and those parts of the brain can be easy to detect um, abnormalities but the frontal lobes which control things like um, being social with other people and having motivation and and having being able to make a plan for oneself and carry it out that's all in the frontal lobe and when there's damage there it can be subtle but it can change essentially every aspect of who we are and ray had a, a rough go for for a long time right ray that's right that's tell us about yeah, that man please well i think um directly after my accident i mean just with my experience with, with football and like having to um i have a younger brother and an older brother as well and so we're always rough housing always ended up in the hospital in and out and so I think, you know, as far as injuries and stuff, like, you know, if you think about scars or bruising or breaking, it's like, okay, I, I can get through something like that. That's easy. That's That stuff's easy. But I guess when you're talking about the brain, you know, with some of the stuff that I deal with after, the, the, the scars that you can't see, those are some of the hardest stuff to overcome. And so after my accident, I really didn't realize that I had a problem until, like, I was at home. Um, started forgetting certain things. Uh, my irritability had increased. I was losing my keys. I, I couldn't focus on my thoughts or organize my thoughts. I would get stuck between words. And even now, sometimes, you know, I have that, that same problem too. And I mean, that's not something that I've ever battled with before. So dealing with something like that, I knew that there was something wrong. I could see it in myself. My family knew there was something wrong. But for me to accept it, that, okay, I need to get some help because something's not, something's not right upstairs, you know. And so in my case, um, that's, I guess, what happened with me, along with a lot of other stuff that I forgot yeah. to mention. But, you were homebound yeah. for, what, about nine months? Yeah, it was, it was rough. Some of the, some of the roughest uh, stuff that I've ever had to deal with, you know, a lot of dark times for sure. Have you suffered or been injured by someone else's negligence? When you need a legal team that will stand up for what is right, won't give up the fight and obtain justice, call 818-886-6600. Mandel Trial Lawyers specializes in personal injury cases of all types. Whether it's a car accident, product or premises liability, dog bite, or a catastrophic injury, Mandel Trial Lawyers are there for you when the fight is worth it. Call now for your free consultation, 818-886-6600. Let the scales of justice tip in your favor. Hey, if you missed any part of this show or you just want to hear it again, go to brothersonlaw.com for all of our previous shows and all things Brothers on Law. Because of that uh, experience, what what would you uh, tell people that, you know, that have had some kind of brain trauma or or similar experience? What what would could you tell them that uh, they might expect? Man, um, that's a loaded question. It's, I guess it's different for, for, for everybody. Um, well, what happened to you, Ray? I mean, as far as like, what do you, 
You mean besides what he just told us? <laughs> no, but I mean what they could expect. Exactly. Yeah. But what what could somebody expect? Um, you know? I guess dealing with, you know, just, I mean, just day to day. You know, every day is going to be different. Some days, like, I, like the way I explained it to you guys and the way I explained it to my family, it's like you know what kind of day you're going to have as soon as you wake up in the morning. It's either going to be a good day or a bad day. I mean, like anybody else, but... But I guess on a like a more drastic, you know, in, in a more drastic way, I guess, you know, it's it's rough. It's a battle to get out of bed, you know, and, and along with these problems that you're having, you know, you're also dealing with, you know, side, you know, stuff of depression, anxiety, you know, so when yeah. you can't, you know, when you were dealing with those things, it's a and combination Dr. of a Dan, lot of things. Yeah. That, well, but well I was just going to say that, Go you ahead. know, because part of the challenge for a guy in in that situation like you were and are to to a large degree still right is that you look normal you sound normal and and it takes sometimes people around you that know you so well to say wait a minute hey this is wrong this is different right that's right and as part of our case we had his family and friends to testify that was important to say what type of changes they saw in Ray because for Ray it's hard at, at first initially to really kind of explain and articulate some of the things that were happening to him. And Dr. Dan, you wanted to weigh in on that. Well, yeah, I think one of the most difficult things with a traumatic brain injury is that there's no, oftentimes no outward sign of the damage. So if someone were to break their leg, you'd have a, a x-ray of a broken femur and everyone could understand what the nature of the injury was but with a traumatic brain injury like this all of the damage is hidden inside and it's no less physical a, a injury as a broken leg or you know a spinal cord injury but it's it's much it it's still very subtle and so having a team uh, physicians uh, you know and family and everyone be really aware of what the nature of a traumatic brain injury is you know, it's, it's vital um, and it's very important to have that understanding to come, you know, to overcome those um, those injuries. And there are some tests, though, that are like diagnostic tests. Rob talked about the CT, which is the CAT scan, and there's MRIs. And in Ray's case, there was a way to determine that he had a brain injury from the bleed inside the brain. Is that correct? In his case, there was a clear sign of bleeding. It was not um, an extensive amount of bleeding, but it was enough to cause that frontal lobe to become dysfunctional. So that we had from the get-go. The more advanced uh, functional MRIs gave us a better understanding of what circuits of the brain were not working. For example, we could tell that the mood circuits that were so um, problematic were um, were not were, um, functioning based on that fancy um, or more advanced MRI. And that is the challenge, I think, for so many of these uh, folks who've had brain injury and they have a legal action, but they don't have a physical finding on a, a clear finding on a scan like Ray did, but they still have similar dysfunction, similar problems, irritability, loss of memory, loss of uh, ability to uh, deal with others uh, on the same basis. And so then all of a sudden there's a, a, a medical challenge to figure out, okay, how do you show that? And how right? do you show that, Dr. Dan? Well, it, it's kind of a complicated question because 
on one side, we don't necessarily always need those more advanced uh, tests to get that uh, information. We know when someone's had a frontal lobe injury that we need to be more sensitive to ask questions about how they're socializing and what their mood is like and how they're structuring their day because it's sometimes when we see a, a doctor, they, they'll test the strength and they'll test our eye movements and so on and all that can be normal, but it's these more advanced functions that are often neglected. So for one thing, you know, a, a really thorough evaluation with an expert who knows about traumatic brain injury oftentimes is sufficient to understand that. And we have these more advanced testing, you know, cognitive testing where we get a little bit more in depth and in, into memory and so on. And then, you know, finally, more, the most advanced uh, types of imaging, like a, a functional MRI can give additional uh, info. What would a family member or a friend kind of look out for if let's say somebody was in an accident or fell like in race case what are the signs the telltale signs absolutely uh, a change of personality you know not wanting to do things uh, participate in activities that used to be fun uh, just depression a depression anxiety right um, absolutely is a sleep a change in sleep patterns is is very common um, difficulty in school or work performance um, you know, dizziness, feeling a little bit uns unsteady on the feet. Um, those are all, you know, classic signs. Um, anyone who's had a concussion will probably attest to the fact that those happened. And unfortunately, they're not always recognized as, you know, bona fide symptoms, but they're, they're very real. And they're very real, and they interrupt one's ability to function, to, to be a, 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 a productive member of society, right? Absolutely. It's, uh, it's vital to have those really advanced functions to even figure out how to get up in the morning and what to do with one's day. If we don't have, have that ability to structure the day, we're lost. Right. And Ray, you struggled with those things I did. for a long I did. time. And one thing that I would add too, before this accident, you know, I was working two jobs, doing my thing, um, like anybody else, working hard. And, and so when I got blindsided by this accident, things weren't so easy to kind of get back into you know like it, everything completely changed after that my uh, the way I like to explain it like I it was just my life pretty much just take a, uh, a, a took a different turn I guess you know and before this I was a you know I like to think that I was like a social butterfly you know can can talk to anybody that I wanted to and stuff like that like right. but I mean after my accident I was it was just all like I just liked being alone and that, and that was a rough place you know because I, I it was hard for me to, to socialize with other people sometimes I still battle with that that's something that I'm trying to improve in myself but I mean it's still a battle as I move forward in life so stay connected with us on Facebook Instagram Twitter YouTube and of course brothersonlaw.com Hey, if you missed any part of this show or you just want to hear it again, go to brothersonlaw.com for all of our previous shows and all things Brothers on Law. Well, you know, what I want to say is that we, um, this is part of a two-part show, a two-part series that we're doing special on brain injury. And we're going to be coming back next week with both uh, Dr. Daniel France uh, from the Los Angeles Brain uh, Institute and our uh, client Ray uh, Rudia, the, uh, the, f the, the football beast on the yeah. field. and but also uh, our hero. <laughs> also uh, a guy we look up to immensely. 
Yeah. And uh, as a, as you know, what I was going to say is not just a fighter on the on the football field, but a fighter in life. Yeah. Who fought hard, as hard as you can fight against all the odds and a brain injury and dealing with a case, an overwhelming. Uh, uh, monster of a of a legal battle. Yeah, it was a big fight. Right? Yeah, and so that. we're gonna uh, wrap it up for this week, and I invite everyone to tune in next week for the second part of our special uh, show and our special podcast on brain injury and how you how to recognize it and how you can deal with it. Thank you, guys. Anyway, to all our listeners, thank you for tuning in and check out our next week's show at the same time, 8 a.m. here on Go Country 105. And just remember, let the scales of justice tip in your favor. The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice.